0: Good morning, mighty beloved. I certainly hadn't realised it was more than six months since I've been able to share the word from when struck down with a heart attack. I want to talk this morning to you about the glory of God about the all-encompassing character of God and spoke recently about the glory of God and gave us an aspect of it and I want to share a little more this morning I wonder if you've, if you've all read the children's stories, the Chronicles of Narnia probably most of us are familiar with The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe and... and uh, I was surprised when I came across somebody who hadn't realised it was a Christian analogy. The whole series, C.S. Lewis wrote a whole series and it's uh, very, very smart really, very cunning because as we read the stories to our children there's a lot of adults too I think that have been grasping the concepts. If you haven't read them, I'd like to encourage you It really is good reading I read them regularly still and not because of his kids at home one of the ones that I was reminded of this morning was one of the less known ones called the horse and his boy has anybody read that one yep and uh, it was uh, about a boy called Shasta and he was adopted and he was in a foreign country, the country alongside of Narnia. Kalaman was the country alongside of it. And Shasta discovered that he was adopted, and he overheard on one occasion how he was going to be sold as a slave. What he didn't realise, of course, that he was actually the prince from Narnia who was due to rule Narnia had been captured by the king. So he decides to run away and he made friends with Bree, the talking horse, who Bree was also from a different uh, country and Bree the talking horse as the animals in Narnia talk and uh, Bree was also going to run away so they ran away together but there was quite a lot of, it's, it's a great analogy of our life of living without Jesus and coming to know, discover that we're a Prince of the Most High and the journey that we have to get there. But one occasion, really I wanted to talk about, just to set a scene here for you. On one occasion when later on Shasta was talking to Aslan, Aslan the great lion Jesus, and he's talking to to Aslan he said, But Aslan, in one particular place, I came across a ferocious lion. And he was so scary, and he attacked me. And I've got a scar on my back from where he he lashed out at me. Oh, Aslan, if only you were there. And Aslan said, I was there. That was me. Can you think of the, the thoughts going through his mind? Because Shasta had started to create an image which was wrong. And I want to say today, my first point is that people, you know, there's other people, not us, there's other people, can sometimes get deceived into creating an idol when the second command of the Ten Commandments was do not create an image that you bow down to worship. Don't create an idol. That's idolatry. I think in the Western world we find it quite easy to deal with that one. Because we don't see ourselves building stone idols and bowing down and worshipping it. What we don't understand, and I have mentioned this before, there's no new stuff, so to speak, but a refresher, don't fashion Jesus into an image that suits us. I've shared before about the time when when, uh, uh, on the Oprah show, a young lady was uh, challenged Oprah about uh, uh, another lesbian lady and celebrity and uh, this young young woman, bravely, only a teenager by the look of her, she said, "How can you be promoting her when she is contrary to god 's word, the Bible?" And 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 she's a a homosexual and she shouldn't be be being praised for for that. And Oprah condescendingly says, Oh my Jesus is not as narrow minded as yours. You could smack her down, you know (laughs) But what she didn't realise that Oprah was creating a Jesus that in her image she had refashioned and some find comfort in doing that oh well it's really love so how can it be wrong so we will re-change Jesus in it because Jesus said we had to love one another therefore this sin of homosexuality in this particular case I'm talking about, must be right because God has told us to love. And if we have love, what else can it be? Your concept must be wrong. And they reform what love is. Love is not just an itchy feeling around your heart you can't scratch. Love is fulfilling and following Jesus' commands. Jesus said, those who obey my commands show they love me and his commands are not burdensome anyway so the first point I'm making about the glory of God we can't just change him to suit ourselves because that would be very disappointing and let us live a very low uh, state of life if God ended up being fashioned according to what my old nature dictates some people gradually do that. Some people find it uh, uh, comfort in, in harsh religion and following uh, concepts and principles. Uh, the Pharisees fell into that trap. They thought they were fine and they, got, they felt commended by it and they actually ended up attacking Jesus. Jesus was there doing mighty miracles and healing people and whatever else. All I could see was he did it on the wrong day. It sounds so, so silly, but gradually we get attacked. Even Christians today, good church-going people, we can even be gradually undermined in our concept of obeying God's law. Sometimes people get confused and I hear it quite a lot about what laws are done away with and what laws aren't and that's Old Testament, this is New Testament it's almost as though we can, we can just concentrate on everything nice that, that appeals to me and everything else that's the nature of God because it's New Testament now and we, all we have is grace Grace has not done away with the concepts and the nature of God. I'm one of those people who still thinks all of the principles of the law in the Old Testament have a have a seed of principle and the nature of God. Even in our tithing, that is d- demonstrating that our money belongs to God. That's why when I actually pray for the offering, I prefer not to think of it as this little offering that I brought to you to give to you God. We can give offerings to God. We give offerings to Cambodia and all things. Well. But there's a certain portion, God, I'm bringing back what's yours. I just think of it in those terms. So that really never was mine, that, 10, that 10% of, or that portion that I'd agreed with God or God had determined. It never was mine. So I'm bringing back God and I'm really happy to lay it at your feet and celebrate with you over it. Even, even the, uh, the keeping the Sabbath—we don't just keep the Sabbath. On we live in a Sabbath rest all the time. But there's still a principle, isn't there? About one day in seven, honouring God and being here. That's why you're here today, because we understand the nature of God. And there are many honouring your parents is a God-given fundamental that God upholds. Don't murder. Don't steal. So God's commands are not burdensome if they're protecting you. Do not steal doesn't threaten me. It only threatens a robber who comes to steal from me. It's not a burdensome thing otherwise. So all of these things of the glory of God can't be just dismissed and fashioned into our own idol. And Ezekiel, the prophecy of Ezekiel. And if I could have the first slide up, please. Thank you. Ezekiel. Now let's give Ezekiel a break here because the, the prophecy that he gives Sounds a bit strange. I'm going to read a bit of it to you. I thought about putting it all up there, but it was just a little long. So It talks about when it is exactly, and, and Israel have been captured by the Babylonians. They were living in a... Uh, Babylon is actually a, a analogy of the world system that we live in today. And so it really is appropriate... To us today, to hear Ezekiel, because Ezekiel's speaking forth about the glory of God, and he sees something. And so, to so these people in Israel, uh, of Israel, captured in Babylon, living in a strange way, false gods—you uh, know, Dan Andrews everywhere—you know, all that, sort of, everything going crazy. He says, "It says the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel." The priest, the son of Buzzy, says, I looked and I saw a windstorm coming. When I used to first read the prophecy of Ezekiel, I thought, what's all this strange images and stuff? And you'll hear it as I speak in a moment. But he's trying to describe the glory of God being revealed to him. You know, okay, we can sort of paint a man with a glow on his head or whatever else. But when you actually see the glory of God, now describe that to me. It's just, it says he saw an immense cloud with flashing lightning surrounded by brilliant light. The centre of the fire looked like glowing metal. And then the fire was what looked like four living creatures In appearance, their form was human, but each of them had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight, their feet were like those of a calf, and gleamed like burnished bronze. Under their wings on their four sides they had human hands. All four of them had faces and wings, and the wings of one touched the wings of another. Each went straight ahead. They did not turn as they moved. Their faces looked like this. Each of the four had the face of a human being and on the right side had the face of a lion and on the left the face of an ox and also the face of an eagle on the other side. Such were their faces. Now, Ezekiel seeing this vision and seeing the glory of God, what did it mean? That there would be uh, these images, then God, with the face of a lion, an ox, uh, the face of a man, and face of an eagle. What's it all about? Well, it shows the royalty, the 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 lion, the king of the jungle. It shows the royalty of God, the strength of God, the strength of the ox. It shows the humanity of God or the the ability to connect with with, uh, us as human beings and the holiness of God, the eagle seeing from heavenly perspectives, the four faces of God. Now, we've talked, I've talked lots of times about uh, why we have uh, different ways of expressing the same things that we see, even in the gospel the, the, the New Testament, the, the gospel of Jesus, possibly we go through stage where we think, how come Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are just sort of saying the same thing? but there's different expressions of it all and they have different viewpoints. Because we have varied perspectives and each author in the New New Testament, of the Gospel of Jesus recorded the events of Jesus' life and ministry from a different perspective and a different way of looking at it. You may not have ever thought of it but but scholars have come to see that, that God has continued the vision of Ezekiel and the concept of Ezekiel right down into all aspects of our life. And just like Shasta had a, an experience with a lion that he thought was a, a, a fierce, hard task you know, a, a lion was going to eat him almost. And he was frightened of his To his toes. And and Aslan said, I was there. I was there. That was me. You needed a little bit of humility in your life. You needed a little bit of fear of the Lord in your life. You needed to have some changes made in your life. The lion expresses the royalty. And uh, the book of Matthew... brings out very clearly Matthew wrote the gospel you know in the beginning it goes through all the lineage of Jesus and and appeals to the Jewish culture about the lineage of Jesus and how he came there and it's wonderful when you go through that and and I encourage us all not to always just sort of skip through all those lot of names because sometimes there can be things in there that are quite interesting i 've got to admit that quite often when we're reading the Old Testament it says uh, there's a whole chapter full of uh, this is who begat who and whatever else I go get <laughs> up next, <laughs> but in the book of matthew you 'll see amazing things right from Adam and Eve, and then even there's uh, uh, Rahab remember rahab the 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 uh, the prostitute who allowed the, the the spies from Israel to come in and she looked after them and she was obedient to God and and, and they rescued her and it says, uh, put that red cord, the scarlet rope, out of the window and we see that as the symbolic thread of the bloodline of Christ and she ends up being one of the ancestors of of Jesus, Jesus Christ the Messiah, King Messiah the Jews were looking for King Messiah they were looking for a king to redeem them and to save them and isn't it just like God to make a little baby born in a stable You know, <laughs> because it's not with these eyes, not with the eyes that Adam and Eve had that's that, uh, just the eyes of the soul that made them number one we have to approach the whole gospel and understand that, that Matthew's gospel is all about Jesus the lion and uh, he is the king messiah he just came in a different way than what you were expecting we see in, in, the, uh, in the book of Matthew uh, the, the king, the, ro- the royalty of the lion The Lord Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And Matthew reveals just that. Now, the book of Mark. Some may not realise, but the book of Mark is actually Peter's account of the gospel um, and recorded by Mark, his scribe. And uh, although we attribute it to Mark, it's actually, you can almost hear Peter talking in it when you read read the book of uh, Mark, because as the ox, as the strength, and God allowed that, the book of Mark is the most compact, it's the Reader's Digest version of the Gospel. There's a miracle on every page, because because Peter was taking that message to the Roman people who were, who were um, Impressed by power and conquest. And so the ox, the the burden bearer, the strength, the powerful one, Christ is the servant of God and servant of man, but Mark describes Christ in that respect. Also in the book of Luke, uh, Luke, the beloved physician. Luke was, uh, wrote to the Greeks and appealed to the Greeks and, uh, and so the Greeks were into uh, human, human understanding and the mind. But Jesus is every bit, you know that, that uh, verse that uh, Brenton shared with us this morning, by one offering he is made perfect forever those He's making holy. He has made us a perfect Son of God to be able to complete. We're not perfect in every outward way because He's still making us holy. He's training us how to live from that perfection that He's made. But then we see the beloved eagle in the Gospel of John talks about the uh, in the beginning was the word, the living word and the living word uh, turned into flesh it didn't just become alive it always was alive but the living word became flesh took on the form of a human being and so we see from the gospel of John the insights from the eagle so it's wonderful to to see all the way through and uh, the how the why and I'm going to go through in a series each of the, the lion, the ox, the man, face of mankind and the eagle. And uh, each of those will be a sermon in itself. But we would be very foolish indeed to build God in our image. If I could have slide, slide number three, I did forget slide number two. You can put it up just quickly slide number two. and and you did, well done and side number three now I'll talk about to embrace the full character of God Uh, I've just been through a stage where I've had to almost rediscover God in another way because all the nice feelings and happy and all those sort of things, there were times when oh, and I, I remember one particular day and I was quoting to myself God you say in one Corinthians that you'll never let us be tempted beyond what we can endure boy you've set the endurance bar a lot higher than what I was was expecting (laughs) and uh, so he wasn't wrong I was, I just had to sort of change that whole bar but we'd be foolish to build God in our image But we need to embrace the full character of God. And uh, I'm so glad that we we haven't just had at the Kushla, every one of us here. And I think I know you all well enough to know times and seasons and whatever else where you've felt a little bit like Shasta was saying, Where are you, Aslan? I was there. (laughs) In fact, what you thought was a disaster, I had just a little hand in to help us grow, put our roots down, draw on the strength, live by faith, not by sight. We thank you, Lord, for today.